Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. I, I want to agree with Jan's prayer and uh, her, her prayer that you would comfort where there's comfort needed, strengthen where there's strengthening needed. And Lord, I want to pray that um, where there's dullness, where there's lukewarmness to your glory and your goodness, that you would revive, that you would open the eyes of the heart that you would reveal yourself and your glory and your goodness afresh, that you would bring fresh fire to our hearts, Lord. You are worthy of us coming to this place and lifting you up with passion and with fire in our hearts for your name. You are worthy. And Lord, when we think about the angels that see you all the time and never stop singing, because of what they see and what they experience. Lord, we all need, we all need reviving. We all need you to open the eyes of our heart. Paul prayed for the Ephesians. I pray that you'd have us, I keep asking the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so you can know him better. We pray that for ourselves, Lord. Help us to know you better and to love you even as you love us. Father God, we pray that you do that now through the word that's going to be brought to us by Pastor Gina. We ask, as she brings your word, would you open the ears of our hearts and help us to hear you speaking through her. But not only to hear, to respond with faith and obedience. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Church family, why don't you um, turn in your Bibles to Acts 2. We're going to be at Acts 2, starting with verse 42. If you don't have your Bible with you, um, maybe you've got a Bible app on your phone. You can open that too. Just no scrolling on the Internet during the sermon, okay? Yeah. All right. Um, This week we continue in our um, year-long discipleship Series and we are up to um, lesson 24. The Holy Spirit grows the church, and so um, I'm going to read the thought unit, um, the little paragraph that introduces that week of study for us, and then um, I'll read the scripture. And so, thought unit 24. From heaven, where Jesus now reigns, he sends the Holy Spirit to draw people to repentance and faith in him. Move us to righteousness. Fill us with joy and peace. Empower us for witness to others. And bind us together in love with the community of all those who trust in and obey him. Our lives are now filled with fresh purpose and meaning as we join God in his mission to renew all things. Amen? Can you say fresh purpose? Fresh purpose. And today I believe the Lord's going to bring fresh fire. And so um, with that, let's look at Acts 2. And um, this is a picture of the church on fire. All right. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. This is what the Lord does when the church is filled with the Holy Spirit, when the church is being grown by the Holy Spirit. And I want to start this message in kind of an unusual little story, and I hope that as I go through the sermon, you'll understand why in the world would I share this story. It's kind of a little bit maybe embarrassing even. But um, back after Dane and I had been married a number of years, um, I had been longing to have a child, probably longer than even I had longed to be married. I just wanted to have a family. And so um, we had been married for several years, and I started going to garage sales and buying maternity clothes. I was not pregnant. We weren't yet talking about when we were going to try to start our family. But I was buying maternity clothes. And then after I found enough what I thought was sufficient amount of wardrobe for that season in my life, I started buying baby clothes. And I didn't know if we were going to be given a boy or a girl or even if we were going to be blessed with a child. So I tried to buy neutral, but then you see the cute things that were pink and you see the cute things that were blue. And I thought, well, I should just have all of it, like everything that is needed. I should. And then there's, there's the, you know, what do you call that, the high chair and the booster seat and um, a changing pad. Like I was getting prepared to have a baby. Why in the world am I telling you this story? It is kind of silly. But the Lord put it in my heart that I wanted to have a baby. Jesus had it on his heart that he wanted to see many come into the kingdom. And do you remember last week, Pastor Dave taught us, he preached about go and proclaim the good news of the gospel. Go and preach the gospel and call people to repent and believe and do this in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you go and you preach the gospel, people are going to place their faith in Jesus. And so baptize them and teach them. He gave the illustration opening. If you heard last week's sermon, if you were here, if you didn't, please go back and listen to it again. But he gave the story of how he and Anne, after 14 years, are blessed to be able to leave their children at home and to go out for an evening. But they give instructions. They give instructions, and those instructions have consequences. And he said, will they obey? Will they disobey? Will they just forget? But how they carry out those instructions has consequences both for he and Anne and for the kids when he returns, when they return home. Well, last week, we were posed with this question, are we being obedient to go and proclaim the good news of the gospel? Are we going and sharing? It's a trouble if we don't. 
at the end of the service, there was a time where the Holy Spirit was moving in this place. And the Lord caused us to repent for those of us who have been disobedient, for those of us who have just been too shy and we've held back, for those of us who have just gotten busy and distracted with the things of life and we've forgotten. And together we stood before the Holy Lord and said, we'll, we'll, the Lord helping us will go. The Lord helping us will be obedient. This week, I feel like there's part two of the sermon. This week is about, will we go and proclaim in the power of the Holy Spirit? Will we follow Jesus' instructions, the one who was very vulnerable to leave this mission in the hands of just a few? And this gospel needed to go around the world and from generation to generation, and he gives them instructions. But will they do it his way? Will they follow through? Will they wait to be clothed with power from on high? Will they wait to receive the gift? Or will they just start to try to do things like whatever comes to their mind that seems like a good thing to do? Maybe they're wanting to be obedient, but how many times have we seen through the Bible where the Lord would tell them something and then they would very quickly turn to their own way? As I thought about this turning to our own way, not following the Lord. I thought about how that actually Matthew 16:18 says this, and I tell you that you are Peter, this is Jesus talking to Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And so he will build his church, but he's going to do it in a certain way, and he says in Acts 1, 4, and 8, he says, wait You're going to be my witnesses, but wait until you receive the gift that my Father will send. Wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. Jesus, the Father, was longing for babies, so to speak, spiritual babies, converts, people to come back from death to life through Jesus. And I thought about when God makes a promise of a baby, And it got me thinking about way back when in Genesis, when he gave a promise to Abraham and to Sarah. You remember that promise? They were going to have a son. They were going to have descendants as plentiful as the stars in the sky, and they were going to be a blessing to the nations of the world. What did Abraham and Sarah do? Time got going, and it was going on and on. I mean, they were called when they were 75, for goodness sakes. And then, what is happening? Years are going by. Years are going by. And what does Sarah do? Oh, I'm old. She's looking at her condition. And she's thinking, this just isn't happening. And I think she had lived with shame for a long time. Because she hadn't been able to bear a child. Oh, just take Hagar. Just take my, my servant. And why don't you do this? Maybe this will be the way. There was a child of promise, Isaac. There was Ishmael trying to do things in your own way, in your own strengths. And it created a lot of conflict. It created much trouble that continues in this world today. Friends, the Lord's known for a long time 
that we might try to do things in our own strength and our own power. And he said, you're going to go and share the gospel, but wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. And I look at the church today and the condition, and I think the church around the world has struggled, and our nation has not struggled as nearly as intensely as other nations with trying to get the gospel out. But then with COVID, and churches are nervous as they're coming back together, and they're watching what's happening as evil is just seems to be ramping up in the world. And the Lord asked us, he asked this church, he asked the other churches, he tells us, Wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. Wait for the gift my Father will send. I will build my church, but there's a cooperation, but will you cooperate or will you just try the next best thing? I sat in my study and I looked at the books on my shelf on evangelism. I looked at the books on my shelf on discipleship and I thought, how many of them made this point? That... The Holy Spirit will grow the church. That we are to be equipped, that we are to be empowered by his spirit, and that he will show us who to go speak to. He'll show us what we're to do. Or do we get nervous? Do we get anxious? And we start to try to take things in our own hands. Or maybe for some of us, the Lord's put a call on your life. He's placed a passion in you. And time's going by and you're not seeing it happen and you're getting nervous and you're thinking, maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe I'll just put this person forward. What we see is the church on fire in Acts 2. And it would be so tempting to say, oh, okay, here is the, here's the template. We just pray, teach, fellowship. We're going to do these things. We're going to start this. We're going to do this. And, and we'll grow the church. He, these are beautiful things, but we need to do it in his way, in his timing. And it didn't, they didn't get from Jesus telling them to go and preach the gospel to all the nations. And this fruit, by doing it in their own strength or their own way. It happened by them following and obeying what Jesus had told them. They gave him a little instruction. Wait until you've been clothed with power from on high. And so what we see is that the Holy Spirit starts to grow the church. As they, in this context of love and prayer, they're being obedient and waiting for the next step of guidance. Waiting for the next step to discern. And so as they're waiting... They get their leadership in place. And if you kind of go through Acts, the very first chapter, they get their leadership in place because leaders embodying the kingdom of God is the foundation of the church. And they know they need to get those, the right leaders in the right place. We're praying here at this church for the right leaders in the right place. Care elders, deacons, administrative elders, Getting the right people in the right place. Who's our prayer ministry leadership? We've got our discipleship group facilitators. We needed the leaders, and many of you have stepped forward. And thank you very much. The Lord's placing call on you. All right? They get the leaders in place, and then what are they doing? They're praying, 
Because love draws us into prayer and they want to be obedient, but where are they to go? What are they to do? They're waiting for this gift that would be sent. And as they're waiting and praying, the Holy Spirit comes. And it says it comes, he comes. And I want to remind you, the Holy Spirit is God himself. The third person of the Trinity, co-equal with the Father and the Son, co-majestic, worthy of worship and praise, just like the Father, just like Jesus. And so loving Holy Spirit is poured out on them. They're waiting to be clothed with the power. And what do they do? They start to praise. They start to worship. These these remembrances, and it says in, um, I think it's Romans 5, 5, that the, that the Father would pour his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And that's what I think was happening on Pentecost. The love of God, the remembrance of who he is and what he's done for us in Jesus just bubbled up in them. And they didn't have so many, like, so many words that they were just giving other languages. They were just speaking, whatever. They were praising. They were praising. And it drew the attention because they were telling the story of God's goodness, just like Ken got up here and told about the story of God's faithfulness. Last week we heard the Sternbergs, the, the story of God's faithfulness. We heard the story of God's faithfulness today in testimonies. I think it was like that, church. They weren't striving. It was the grace of God just bubbling up in them. The goodness of God, they just were overflowing. And the, the, it made a commotion. Let me just say that the Holy Spirit probably isn't, when he falls, it probably isn't going to be the most quiet situation. And so some of us like to just be really tidy and neat. Well, whatever the Lord wants to do, when people are overcome with the goodness of God, tears come, joy comes, laughter comes, telling the good news, like, let me just tell you what God has done for me. Nick, let me tell you how he's helped me. Let me tell you how he's walked me through hard times. Let me tell you, he's not left me alone. Let me tell you, I'm supposed to be standing back there and not coming in within a certain number of feet. But I'm just telling you, God is good. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he reminds us of the goodness of his love for us, his provision for us, his comfort for us. And they start to speak. They were all speaking as the Lord gave them utterance. Young people, the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. He gives you courage to go. And I'm looking at each one that's young and I'm saying, he gives you something important to say. Just like Pastor Dave said, we're encouraging each other generation to generation. Older is sharing about the faithfulness of God The younger are telling us about the goodness of God and the things that they're seeing him do in their lives. We're telling each other. And so the Holy Spirit comes. And then what's happening next? Peter had not been preparing a sermon all week. And yet this is a sermon that has lasted year after year after year, generation after generation, and it inspires us. Why? Because they were Holy Spirit-inspired words. It was God's grace in the moment to give him the words to speak. And what happened? 3,000 people 
were all of a sudden added to their number. And then what did the Holy Spirit do? I love this insight that you had last week. He reminded them, oh, what did Jesus say? Baptize them and teach them. Baptize them and teach them. And so that's what they did. And step by step, the Lord was causing them to dance in this cooperation of seeing love draw them into prayer. Prayer, they're watching for more guidance. When the Holy Spirit comes, there's manifestations of his grace. And then they're looking for more guidance, and the Holy Spirit reminds them, oh, Jesus already told you what to do. Baptize them and teach them. And so then they follow through with that. And they're not doing it as like, oh boy, i got to go to small group this week. No, they love each other so much that they can't wait to get together. Because when they're together, wherever two or three are gathered, he's there in their midst. And they're enjoying the fellowship of the Lord together. And then what does God keep doing? He keeps adding to their number daily. Friends, as I thought about this, and I think about the condition of our church, I think about the condition of churches around the world, I just feel like the Lord has an encouragement for this this morning. He spoke to his disciples, and he said, Go and make disciples. And he said that to them, and he says that to us. He said to Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a son. And it came to pass. They believed him, even though there was a little bit of rockiness. They believed him, and it came to pass. The Lord has spoken words over Gold Avenue Church. And we can sit here in the natural and go, how is this church going to, by the the power of the gospel, transform not only our lives, but the neighborhood and the world. It's going to be either we're going to try to do it in our own strength, or we're going to rely on the Lord, pray, and pray for a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. We've been given words that through this church, through this church, that the Lord would somehow use this church to bring revival to our denomination. That through this church, that he would somehow touch the world. And today, do we believe him? And today, will we surrender afresh? And will we say, we don't know how you're going to do it, just like we don't know how you did that with Abraham and Sarah, except it was a miracle. It was a supernatural act of God. And he wants to do that because he speaks to us corporately. Every single member, every single person has a role to play. Will we play our role? Or will we be like Sarah and push somebody else and say, you're better at this. You just do it. I'm just going to sit back. That will create tension. That will create angst in you. And that won't bear the fruit that God, the beautiful fruit that God has planned. I believe that some of you have had words spoken over your lives and you're looking at it and you're going, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. He spoke to you years ago and said something was going to happen. And you're saying, I'm not seeing it yet. 
Will you wait for him? Will you pray? Will you contend for that word? I feel like that, that song that we sang about no more striving and about grace. These people that were in the upper room, I'm sure, were absolutely having the time of their lives, even though they didn't know a thing about how God was going to use them to take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But they were expectant and they were waiting. Are we expectant? Are we waiting?